Y'all, good people of the Red Dirt Riviera and the rest of you Okies who don't get to live in this awesome place of Stillwater, America. We, uh, we thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pastors of Pain. And, uh, well, uh, unfortunately, Father Brian O'Brien was not able to be here again. He gone. He gone. He so, so we substitute in. Oh, applause. <laughs> wow, the crowd is clapping. Yeah, we can't well, control them. That is, wow. I, 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 that is not canned yeah, laughter not, or clapping. That was, uh, that, was, that was someone else stepped into the studio and applauded. Well, it might be an upgrade. We'll see. It could be a downgrade. So, wow. We'll see. Well, he we'll usually let the keeps crowd it, decide. He usually keeps keeps me on the straight and narrow. But you're 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 German, like yeah. through and through, right? Uh, y- your mother's German. Yeah, she is. Your dad is just a white guy. Good old Oki. Good old Oki. Whoa, yeah. it, wait. Oh, that's right. Because y'all like, how, what would be what would be like? Um, oh, never mind. I was going to ask you like, what would be the phrase for an Oki like? A redneck in German, like a hillbilly, like people from the good. I mean, they would just presume like that, that good person sol- was good soul to the earth Americans. Well, I mean, most uh, Germans have no idea where the heck Oklahoma is. They well, just no, well, presume that you're from Texas. Texas. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Every time I talk or if I say like "Howdy" or "Y'all," they'd be like, "Where are you from? Are you from Texas?" <laughs> like, Texas. Yeah, sure. It's it's around Texas. <laughs> Te- Texas. <laughs> That's how they say it. <laughs> That's how they say it. Uh, uh, what what is like um, a person? In German, like someone who's just like salt of the earth, like uh, like they live off the grid. They're just like good. Well, I mean, well-founded people. I don't know. I'm just a farmer. But no, in German, would, don't they have German? like a idi- idiomatic expression? And you speak hundred percent German. I mean, I speak German, but I can't think of that off the top of my head. I don't exactly. Hang I don't out even with know German if you. Sp- I don't people. even know if you speak German anymore. Ich spreche Deutsch. Es ist meine erste Sprache. Aber wir benutzen es nicht, weil wir sind am Radio hier im USA. Uh, I have no right, idea what right? you do. Is that what you want to do? I, I, I heard I speak German and <laughs> Father Carey's my favorite priest on the planet. That, other than, that sounds like you have failed in an interpreting gift. <laughs> you, have, the, you do not the have the g- gift of interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> He's witty, y'all. All right, so what are we doing here today? Okay, well, anyway, we're, this is the Pastors of Pain podcast, yes, but it it's is. a pastorless uh, pain right now. Right now, we just have a... Well, you're a pastor. I am, I am. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it, it's a plural. pastor and friend. It's pa- pastor and friends. <laughs> pastor and friends. That's what the last episode turned into. I'm still feeling sort of like, like the aftershock of Gretchen and Alicia in in this uh, in the studio. Oof. Yeah, it was a joy, brother. They're fun. They they are. You see, this is the beauty of college campus ministry that you get to you get to meet uh, good, fantastic uh, young people. Yeah, it's young, really these young women. The the beauty of their friendship was was pretty cool. Yeah, it was because. That's what we wanted people to know. Like you carry your friendship throughout the day, just like you carry your faith throughout the day. You don't compartmentalize it and say, "Oh, my, you know what? My my faith is for church or for prayer. My relationship with God is for church or for prayer." No, I, I you know, like Father O'Brien's not here, so I can say stuff about John F. Kennedy. You know, when he said, <laughs> "I will not allow my Catholic faith to affect my life as being a president," you're like. Bro, like, where did you learn that from? Yeah. So, so now I'm like, I don't allow my Catholic faith to to be, get involved with my relationship with my employees, like the ver- the life of virtue or kindness or the beatitudes, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. I say, um, you know, I got a meeting today with uh, with my janitors, with my cleaning staff, with my development group, with the with my focus missionaries. You know what? 
I'm not going to allow the life of God to be in there. <laughs> right. Makes no sense. It makes no sense. What was Kennedy saying? He also said, Ich bin ein Berliner, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think that was him. Isn't that? Oh, wait, or was that Reagan? No, that might have been Reagan. No. That was Kennedy. That was Kennedy. Okay, yeah. Well, he said he was a jelly-filled donut. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's, he should have put his foot in his mouth a couple of times. I don't know. Is a Berlin- but in his defense, he also had some unbelievable speeches, and he did some good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did some really good but- things. Uh, is a Berliner a jelly donut? It's like a yeah, it's like a donut that has like some jelly in the inside. Yeah, so it's it's a kind of donut. Like if he was saying like ich komme aus Berlin or ich uh, war geboren in Berlin, like I was born in Berlin or I come from Berlin, but to say like ich bin ein Berliner, it's like I am this item, this donut. He, so. he he's not saying I like I am a Berliner too. Right. So he got it wrong. <laughs> he got it wrong. All right. What are we gonna talk about today? You brought me on here. Oh. Uh huh. You got ideas? I do. I do. It's a, you know, it's the year of St. Joseph. It is. I know. Have you ever been to the, you went to seminary in St. Louis. Yes. Did you ever go to the shrine of St. Joseph? You know, I actually didn't. It's amazing. Um, well, part of it was because the year and a half that I was there was kind of COVID crazy. So we were oh, kind of on right. lockdown a lot of the year. So I didn't get to know St. Louis as much as I would have liked, but I've heard about it. The it's, it's in the, it's in the German part of uh, St. Louis. Okay. Like it is in the old German part and it's uh, it's amazing church. So beautiful. It, it was uh, restored to its glory after it. It had sort of the Germans had left that part of town mm. during like after World War One and before World War Two. Like sorry, during World War Two one they scattered and they just like like they were there was persecution. It was like they say half the city of St. Louis spoke German yeah. in like nineteen eleven. Yep. And then World War One broke out, World War Two broke out, and the Germans just went everywhere right. to get or away just kind of underground a lot of them changed their last names because they just didn't want to be known or associated i mean kind of rightly so with everything that happened they were getting a lot of discrimination against them um so yeah you'll hear a lot of people that their last names will have changed them or kind of anglicized them and made them not sound german so robert williams well my name's like pretty darn welsh my dad's welsh so i've got like the most anglo name ever robert thomas Williams. So I always say I have three first names and an S. But <laughs> <laughs> and what's your mother's maiden name? Marion Friederike Fischer. So I'm sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was clearing my throat there. <laughs> <laughs> Friederike Fischer? Yeah, Friederike. It's like the feminine form of Frederick, and then Fischer is like a classic German last name. It's like literally means like those who fish, like the fisher, a fisherman. Frederick the Fisherwoman. Yeah, Frederick Fisherwoman. <laughs> So. <laughs> I love she's it. quite a saint she's a little fisher of men and oh, she's yeah. a good evangelist she's oh awesome. she's Holy a, woman. she has a beautiful soul and, and then uh so in the shrine of saint joseph yeah. to go back to this is this beautiful statue of saint joseph right smack at the center and above it it says ite uh ad joseph yeah. go to Joseph. We, we actually have that in our chapel too. So at Kenry Glennon, our seminary chapel is the St. Joseph Chapel. And we have the same thing on this big kind of baldacchino looking thing. Technically it's called a ciborium, but it looks like a baldacchino. We have the same thing on the top of it and a beautiful picture of Joseph passing away. Oh, the um, sleep of St. Joseph. Yeah, it is amazing. It's amazing. So anyway, so St. Joseph's kind of a patron for our seminary too. Right. It, so in this, the, you look down and it's got St. Joseph. And I never noticed it. If you're ever in St. Louis, you got to call them and ask them. I think they're closed on Tuesdays. But it, it, to get into this church, and the the um, there's this guy who is the tour guide there, mm. and he made mention one time of the hand of Joseph wrapped around the Christ child Jesus, and Jesus is holding Joseph's finger, his index finger. Jo- Jesus is like maybe six at this age. 
But Joseph is, is like this young man with flowing hair. He doesn't look like a, a gray old dude with a white beard like me. And he's got his, <laughs> like, his hand is gently around the shoulder of St. Joseph. And St. Joseph, uh, and then, and baby, and the, not baby Jesus, nine six pounds, six Jesus. ounce, little baby Jesus, six-year-old J- baby Jesus, six-year-old Jesus <laughs> is holding Joseph's hand. Wow. It's just this beautiful image. And, and this, um, so I, I was praying with it and sort of just like, you know, this is the beauty of art. We talked about the beauty of art a couple of weeks ago with Father O'Brien and like how art makes us think it was the iconoclasm heresy right. uh podcast how art makes us think and i was thinking like like joseph yes he did a couple things he taught jesus how to work because he would have learned the tricks of the trade he would also have taught with mary mary would have taught him like the life of prayer because joseph would have been gone all day she would have taught him the life of prayer and sort of kindness to other people because she would they would be around even how to cook right how to clean how to do laundry how to do all these things but also how to like to pray because right. mary is like mary is this awesome prayer because when the angel shows up what does she do she talks to the angel she has this like conversation rational conversation with this angel and then she prays like the women of the scriptures you know like uh, moses's sister when they come out of the red sea she has that hymn of horse and chariot you have cast into the sea. And Mary sings this hymn just like all the other women in the scriptures and the, throughout the scriptures. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And from her heart just booms this life of prayer. Yeah. Well, but the thing that's cool to think about, too, as you brought this up earlier, I was thinking Joseph would have taught or Jesus as well how to pray, but in the particular liturgical setting of Jewish prayer, like going to the synagogue to like learn the Torah and and to kind of be brought into the environment of like the men coming together to pray and study the Torah. Like Joseph would have been the one teaching Jesus to do that. And that kind of really resonated with what we were talking about earlier about how important it is that fathers are leading and teaching in a church environment, their families, like how to pray, and that prayer is the center of the Father's heart. Um, one one sister that I absolutely love and people have heard of probably is Sister Miriam. Oh, uh, she's, she's so, so good. Awesome. <laughs> oh, oh. She's amazing. She gave this talk I have to- a, That's like a, a crush I have on somebody. Oh, who doesn't? That, that's so, she's so holy. She's beautiful and holy, and she's a Her sister. Her smile heals. It's unreal. A, a, indeed. And, and you're like, <laughs> Sister Miriam, do you just- can you, you just, just come walk around our ch- our church and just talk to people and people will just fall over being healed with uh-huh. joy and life? And anyway, anyway she, she was saying in this talk that she gave to a bunch of priests and uh, my spiritual director sent it to me. And in the talk, she said this phrase that's just been hitting me over and over in prayer. She said, a community um, is only as healthy as the heart of its father. And that just like Whoa, super say that resonated. Again? A community is only as healthy as the heart of its father. And she was talking about it in relation to priests and like parishes and that if a priest isn't like praying and leading and teaching how to be immersed in the life and the spirit and, and prayer and all that, then there's no then there's no way that a, a family of faith is going to follow if, if the father's heart isn't living in that space with the Lord. Whoa. And so similarly, it just has really, I've seen it everywhere, like in, in family life, um, in even just you know, all kinds of, any kind of community, really, whoever the father of a community is, whoever the father of the family is, if his heart is not healthy and and hasn't uh, been healed by the presence of God found in the sacramental life of the church, in prayer, in adoration, in, um, yeah, rich relationship with other holy men, then a family will not 
be as be healthy. You know, a family's only as healthy as the heart of its father. Well, and that comes from Sister Miriam, Sister Miriam Heidland, uh, I think. Is that's the salt. Salt yeah, they're salt, salt Sisters, Society of Our Lady of the Trinity, I think. So, yeah, yeah they're or like a great missionary habit. community. Yep. She gives talks at Focus Conferences. Look up anything from her. She's awesome. That's the only person you have listen, uh, permission to listen to besides Pastors of Pain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so, not what we do? We don't do selfless or uh, uh, just shameless self-plugging? <laughs> shameless plugging, <laughs> plugging <in>. Pete FM. <laughs> shameless plugging. That's awesome. Jay McRae. Just shameless plugging. We yeah. do it all the time. So, But, but it's just it's been striking me. Like a year of St. Joseph, I think it's super uh it's a testament to father our, our our father spiritual father pope francis that he's calling us to have attention and be attentive to the characteristics of saint joseph because it really um is something that at least like we've talked about i've noticed like in the church we tend to lack um draw like having a draw or an attractive space for men to come into the church and be right. present and be leading in our church environments so. Right, right. I, this is actually something uh, we're we're doing this um, little. Robert and I've been talking about this, but I've been talking about it with a number of leaders. Is we're we're looking at the numbers of men involved in their life of faith, and it's plunging. It's plunging. It, it's like it's it's hard to to find um, large amounts of men, or even sometimes small amounts of men involved in their faith life. It, it's you, uh, the Euro twenty twenty's been going on. And what are the stands full of? They're full of dudes. Yep. They're full of guys cheering and screaming for their team, wanting victory for their team. And then, and then on Sunday, we don't see them. You know, in Australia, they were talking about it was like Australian rules football. Every Sunday, Australian rules football. There's guys cheering for their team, and the bishop said, "There's knowing no, no these men are not making it to the church to cheer for." The glory of God. Yeah, they're not here to cheer on the life of faith. Yeah, to cheer on other people in the parish community in their walk with the Lord. Because I feel like that's one of the gifts that we bring to the table as men is to like the, a word from the Father. I mean, in literally the imitation of God the Father, His word is another person, is Christ, the very means of our salvation. I think similarly, kind of analogously, on the human level, us spiritual fathers or fathers. Our word has so much power to, to, to speak a bold word of encouragement um, to others in our you know, our family, our wives, mm-hmm. our kids, but in, in the parish community, other men, other younger men to speak bold words of encouragement um, or even some hard words of correction are such a, a place of, of experiencing formation and maturity. And I don't think we at times have done a good job of giving men permission in a parish setting to really have that kind of a conversation together. I I don't even okay, it. I don't know if men, you know, us being men, uh, a lot of us have been taught the life of faith, the life of prayer, uh, that that um, that it, it just it didn't it hasn't been passed down to us in some ways, mm-hmm. because and and it just goes down the line like their fathers didn't teach them and the fathers before them. And you're like my dad, he didn't grow up with a dad because his dad was killed when he was five crossing the street. His dad was hit, um, hit and killed by a car in New York city. So he, that, that was not passed down to my dad. Mm. And so my dad passed down to me what, what he, he could have. Yeah. What he had. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, it passed me, passed down to me like the desire to build things beautiful, to do excellent work, to to take care of your family, to to go to church on Sunday, to have a life of prayer at, at mass. But then there's other things I didn't get, and and so what I'm what I'm also noticing, just like statistics. So, so I was I was studying, you know, um, aerospace, not aerospace, um, space communications and electrical engineering. So yeah. I love stats. I love numbers. Now, do calculus? No way. <laughs> I got uh, I got to like through Calc 1 and I realized the leap between Calc 1 and everything else is like my brain is not capable of doing it. Mm. But I still love accumulating stats. Yeah. And so I'm looking at the stats that are out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the and the stats are like, you know, the high divorce rate, 52% divorce rate. Um, so moms and dads divided. Yep. Dads, dads not in the home. Dads not with their kids. My my friends that I have that are divorced, uh, sadly, they don't see their kids that often. Yeah. And moms are taking this load, which is a beautiful, like courageous, they, act, courageous yeah. act that these mothers are are raising um, both boys and girls, and then the the dads are not involved in there. So therefore, the dads are not teaching, uh, are not able to teach the faith. Um, in the home or teach their sons or their daughters how to pray or as you said to give that encouraging word from the father yeah. now we got all that right <laughs> read us the numbers yeah yeah i mean so there's been a couple of studies i mean obviously they're different within different groups but um like one was i think from like Lifeway, which is like a christian organization that kind of polls all different denominations of christianity and then there was another one like in the washington area specifically that was like polling and asking tons of questions from all different men's ministries things but they kind of both came at around the same numbers where I think it was if I remember correctly it was when a when a mom is kind of come to Christ come into relationship with Jesus and is leading the spiritual life of of her kids and bringing them to church and it's just her the kids like if you had a hundred kids like 17 percent or like seven of them um, on average would continue to practice the faith after leaving the home after but high school after high school they leave high school they leave high school and 17 out of and 100 mom, mom has done what the blessed She's, virgin mary yes, did she is mom has like taught them how to pray and yep. taught them how to be kind to others and yep. taught them the scriptures and the life and relationship and taking them to sunday mass right exactly and then i think it was uh for, yeah for men it was if the father is leading um especially this i don't they didn't say anything about if it was only the father but it was an environment was the father leading but the father and mother like working together to uh-huh. form the kids in the spiritual life then there, the stat went all the way up to 93 percent of kids would continue to practice their faith after Whoa. leaving high school so a huge jump 17 to 93 percent and uh, i just think i mean it shows like that god <laughs> god's god and when he designs and creates something he creates it good and it's, it creates it in a way that it works well, you know, and there's obviously things that are outside of every family's control. And there's ways that all of us experience some kind of brokenness in our family. But generally speaking, where a father and mother are leading together in docility to God in their in their family and are leading their spiritual life of their family well, and kids are seeing both their mother and father praying and, and, and leading with one heart um, for, for God, kids are kids are going to follow that because yeah. there's security there and there's an identity defining relationship they see in their parents that they want to emulate and follow. Wow. Beautiful. The, you know, it's a uh, John Paul II, his is like, as a kid, his mother taught him the faith Yeah, and his dad was a military officer. And he, he says like of the things that were the most important moments in his life was one is baptism. Two is look like being raised with his, his, his mother and also watching his dad pray. Yeah. Like he like, it's in his mind when his dad 
took him to the Franciscan monastery. Oh, it's just north of Vadovice. I've been to it uh, a number of times. I can't remember the name of it. And his dad said, this is your mother now, and pointed to the Blessed yeah. Virgin Mary. And his pectoral cross is still there today. Wow. So also with this, Robert, I, I think is there's something else, is that I, I just, you know, this, Jim Gaffigan had this joke. No, it wasn't Jim Gaffigan. It was another comedian who has, um, I forget his name. But anyway, this comedian said, uh, hey, um, so your friend Mike, um, he's having a really tough time in life. Yeah. Uh, so uh, would you go out and play golf with him? And they go out and play golf and, you know, husband comes back and talking to his wife and she says, so what did you and Mike talk about? Uh, we talked about golf clubs and beer, yeah. and golf carts <laughs> yeah. and like clothing and the weather. And she's like, did you talk to him about what's going on in his life? And she said, and he goes, well, we didn't get to that. It's like 18 holes, four hours, and you didn't get to it. <laughs> are, me, are men having meaningful conversations about their life of faith, what's going on in the depths of their hearts. Are they able to get that stuff out and, and talk? You've been working on college campuses. Do you yeah. do you think that as an SPO missionary, St. Paul Outreach, shameless plug, shameless plug. Uh, St. Paul's Outreach, uh, SPO, yeah. do, you, do you feel like when you were working on the college campuses that young young men knew how to have meaningful conversations? Comma, what are the steps to doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would mean in general, no, because um, I think so much of our um, conversation as men like revolves around like what we do rather than who we are. So instead of our identity being first and the place we live out of, we tend to um, kind of over relate always on like what we're doing. So here's my job or here's what I'm majoring in. Here's what I want to do with my life, which is a good thing. Um, but it can tend to, as men especially, which is another good characteristic characteristic we have, which is we're really competitive, and we tend to just compare <laughs> yes. and compare and contrast all the time, like me versus him in this area or that area. And it can lend itself to um, that spirit of comparison can lend itself to not ever feeling safe enough or, or comfortable enough to share something um, kind of deeper, like relational and identity, like here I am and not just what I do. So I would say in general, no. Um, because it, because there is a, a sense that it's kind of we we tend to just kind of go to the shallowest level and so and because we didn't have like we were talking about earlier older men kind of showing us when and where it's appropriate and in what settings to have those kind of meaningful conversations we tend to then just kind of associate or lump that all into like ah that's kind of a more feminine characteristic that's not for us to be like sharing our feelings and stuff like Gre um, like Gretchen and Alicia what yeah. did they they said we talk about the readings for mass together. Right. We talk about what we prayed about this morning. Yeah. We talk about what the Lord is putting on our hearts. And I think as men, we, we need to start doing that more. And that's not always just emotions. It's sharing. Really what it is, is sharing God's work in us. Like what is God Ooh. doing? What has God been doing in your life? Okay. So how do you, how do you come to know what for the dudes out there who yeah. are listening to this or the dudes, the, the, the wives out there or girlfriends yeah. who are like, Hey honey, you need to listen you need to listen to these priests. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, one thing that's really hard is like, and I mean, maybe some people would think this is controversial, but I really, my experience has been is that you can't learn how to live as a mature, uh, holy man, except from other men who are already walking that walk. And so I think what you need to do is surround yourself or find a man who's living a uh, intentional 
and like directional spiritual life, like a man who's found his identity in God Mm -hmm. and from that has a mission that he's convicted about. Like, here's what God is calling me to do as a man. And then ask him how he developed that relationship with Christ and ask him to kind of help teach and mentor you to learn how to hear God's voice in your life and what God is calling you to do. And, uh, And that's where I really think that we've lost kind of that initiating younger men into maturity and into fullness of, of manhood. Because um, like we said before, we don't have a lot of environments or spaces for that, especially with technology now. We all can just kind of dive into distraction rather than need to seek out those mentorship-like relationships. So, But that's, I mean, that's the first thing I would say. Okay, so find, find other dudes. How do you, find how, other dudes. But how do you find those dudes? Oh, okay, so I'm going to flip this. Well, guys in parishes, yeah. should they be looking out for other men to, to mentor and help? Yeah, absolutely. I think older men especially should be finding like, oh, wow, there's a younger guy in church. Like, be bold. Like, all of us, I think in our hearts, there's a place as a man where we ask the question, like, am I man enough? Like, do I have what it takes to respond to the to the burdens of life? Do I have the patiencia, the patience, the the endurance to endure in long-term suffering and and, and actually become a, a, a virtuous man? And so if you're an older man who has a lot of those experiences or gifts or developed the Christian virtues of, of masculine virtues, look for those younger guys because they're desperate for someone to encourage them in that way and go and build a relationship with them. Invite them out to coffee, have a conversation before work, maybe invite them over to your family's house, have dinner with them and, and kind of witness your family life and let uh-huh. them see a good lived like holy uh, christian family life i mean that would be number one and then if you're a younger guy don't be scared like don't be scared to ask for help like go find a, an older holier man in your parish or you see like a man who's coming to daily mass regularly go talk to him and say hi i've just i've noticed you here are here at mass all the time and you seem like a man of real deep prayer could i just could we grab coffee sometime and i'd love to hear how you came to know the lord and go have a conversation with him and, and learn from him yeah, that, that it, boldness, men. We love to be bold. We just need to give one another permission to be bold, you know, and challenge each other. And challenge each other. The, someone made reference to the ethnic churches of America and how they got so elaborate and wild looking and built, is because it was comp- the competitive nature of men. They're like, "There's no way you're gonna have a better Marian procession than us." Yeah, <laughs> I totally see that. I mean, the, there's no way you're gonna have a more beautiful church than ours, right? You know, and this competitive nature was there. Now, right. All th- things in prudence, obviously. Like, it's, not, it's, not, <laughs> it's not competition to find my identity. Right. It's competition lived out of a secure identity in Christ, and that's the difference. So it's the difference between like Paul. And some like miserable, wealthy CEO who does everything to try and make up for the lack he has interiorly of like, I only, I work 90 hours a week. I never spend time with my family, all that versus like Paul, who was always doing and sharing and preaching, but out of his relationship with the Lord. And he was always raising up like younger men. I mean, you look at like Barnabas or like he had these relationships of kind of being mentored by other older men and then Uh raising up younger men and having a band of brothers, peers that he was running with as well, kind of in Timothy, Barnabas, et cetera. So, right. It, it also, it's you made mention of like sister Miriam. Let's go back to sister Miriam, the salt sister. She, she is like, there's a few religious sisters. There's a religious sister of mercy who gives talks at focus conferences. Uh, sister Miriam, they, they all go around and talk at parishes. Yeah. And you said this line from her to priests. And what was the line she gave the priests? It was that uh, uh, the family or community is only as healthy as the heart of its father. So th- this also means. Spoke, speaks to the, gen- the genius of, <laughs> of femininity. That it draws us out. It draws out of man his gifts of, of, of masculinity. At least that's what 
I've noticed is like women who are very, very holy and zealously living their faith life, when they live that and hold that standard in the genius of their own femininity, it calls out of young men or just men in general to rise to that same standard in their own giftedness as men. And so I think to have holy, zealous, beautiful women like holding a high standard, a high banner of faith as well is also a huge gift to men. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Fulton Sheen's got a really great quote on that. Mm. that y'all can look up. It, it it's it is really it, that line is though also for priests. It's like how and for husbands, yeah, and for college age men, and for guys recently graduated, and for high schools. It's like how is your heart being developed mm-hmm. in union with the Lord? Yeah, and to us out of each other. Yeah. How, I mean, it's, it's dangerous yeah. because like, oh, we don't talk about this. We talk about sports or politics or right. whatever. No, we need to talk to each other's hearts. Yeah. Heart yeah, speaks to heart. Yeah. As it says. Is that Newman, right? Yeah. yeah Newman. Yeah. And that because healed people, heal people, hurt people, hurt people. And if you haven't let your heart, and that's just not just the feeling side, but let your heart rest in the healing presence of God. You have nothing to share. You have nothing to give. And so we need to learn how to speak heart to heart with Christ in prayer so that we can share that same uh, love with those that we lead and are responsible for as men. Beautiful. It is the uh, year of St. Joseph. So ask St. Joseph to help uh, us uh, to pray uh, for the men of our parishes and take him as a model for holiness. Uh, You have spent this last 29 and a half minutes with the pastors of pain. Yep. And friend. Peace. (laughs)